Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We've got a really important episode lined up for you this week, if we do say so ourselves. Pretty much every couple we've encountered has experienced some kind of family conflict around their wedding. It could be a huge issue that threatens to destroy relationships or something really small and solvable. But either way, it's far from ideal during the busy wedding planning period. With this in mind, we wanted to pass on some useful tips and tricks for anticipating and avoiding family drama around wedding planning. We'll also be troubleshooting some of the most common family-related dilemmas, covering everything from feuding parents to interfering siblings and demanding cousins. So this kind of leads on from our episode about bridal party-related drama. Yes, I think if you don't encounter one, you encounter the other. Yeah, I feel I actually couldn't name a single person I know who's had a wedding who doesn't have a great dinner party anecdote (laughs) about the family drama that revolved around it. Yeah, and sometimes it's like a very low-key frustration, but when it comes at a stressful time, or it goes on for a long time. So it might be just a comment someone keeps passing over months. It can really build up and things can bubble to the surface. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I've heard couples on both sides who have said, God, if I could do it all again, I would not let my family dictate my choices. And I've also heard couples say, God, I would have just given my mom what she wants to like shut yeah. her up basically yeah. as well. So we'll be trying to navigate all of that in this episode. Yeah, I think this will be a helpful one for a lot of people. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. Each week on the podcast, we endeavour to put our extensive wedding knowledge to good use by passing on some road-tested tips. Claire has come up with this week's nugget of wisdom, and it's one that I think lots of couples will benefit from. Yes, so this week's tip is about photography. So if there are certain parts of your venue or maybe areas on the grounds or somewhere nearby your location that you love, make sure you tell your photographer. So... Obviously, all good photographers will get there early and do a bit of a scout or they might be familiar with the venue and they'll know where to shoot. But so many couples choose a venue because of a certain thing or a certain picture they have in their mind. And then on the day, you're not going to be thinking about capturing that. So 
even say our venue it was a big like fancy country house we got loads of photos with that in the background but that wasn't why we picked it at all it had this gorgeous walled garden Mm. with a little farmyard in it that we never actually made it to on the day and that was my favorite area of the venue so just to kind of keep that in mind on the day itself I completely went out of my head and we were still really happy with the photos but I also think I'll be really nice to have had a few shots there as well yeah and if you've had a chance to visit your venue or you are in a position where you can maybe arrange a follow-up visit it'd be good to do a little recce because again you're just kind of you know planning out your own time on the day better and like if you said you never used you like you haven't hung up any of the photos in front of the big country house or Mm -hmm. whatever you know that's that's only five minutes of the day that you spent doing that but you could have spent it doing something that ended up being like the iconic photo from your wedding yeah exactly so I think it's worth saying it to your photographer in advance so that they know on the day where you'd like to shoot and where you've not really got much interest in the one fab day wedding podcast planning a wedding is bound to stir up a little bit of conflict but in the words of the great Mary J Blige we are so tired tired of all this drama Engagement is not a time to be stressing about your mom's relationship with her brother, catering for the whims of a cousin you haven't seen in four years, or worrying about what your granddad will make of your wedding band. And yet, these are the kind of issues we hear about every single day. We'll never quite understand why engaged couples are expected to solve decades worth of family friction with a single party, or why weddings are so often confused with family reunions. The good news is that there are things you can do to help anticipate and maybe even avoid family-based conflict in the run-up to your wedding. So let's get into the tips. So our first tip on how to sort of set yourself up to avoid family drama in so far as is possible Mm-hmm. is about setting expectations which we've talked about before in our episode on parents and weddings yes and it's always something we advise from the very very outset of mm-hmm. getting engaged it's one of the first things you need to do is just manage everybody else's initial excitement and thoughts about the wedding before people get carried away before they start inviting themselves or their extended family yeah. and all their mates um so yeah it helps to have a clear idea of what kind of wedding you want before you bring anyone else into it yeah and we're big big fans of the vague one-liner yes um which again like even if you haven't got a really solid plan for your wedding lined up it never hurts to have one that you think will combat the issues that family might bring up so if you're like listen whatever it is the wedding is going to be really low-key and intimate Mm. There's not that many situations that that won't help. Um, but you can come up with your own vague line, of course. Yeah, even if you decide to have a 400 person yeah. wedding, that won't have hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. Whereas if you go in thinking you're going to have a 300 person wedding, which you might do with the best of intentions, if when you price set up or when you start to plan that, it's not realistic, then you have to start rolling back and that's when the issues arise. Yeah, I think the vague one liner, if you can downplay the size scale showiness and capacity of the wedding that's probably a good way to do it just because you're even if you as you said decide to completely change your mind yeah um, that will help at the beginning yeah it's worth playing down any solid commitments that you know you won't be delivering or that you expect you might not so religious ceremonies is a big one that causes Mm. a lot of issues um the amount of people you might invite who exactly you might invite um, where you're going to have it if you're going to have it in the local town or if you're thinking about going further afield just anything like that where you have a good idea the conflict will arise it's best to nip that in the bud as soon as possible yeah I think you're better off bringing it up early 
uh, if you know that this is going to be if you feel in in the pit of your stomach oh god I'm how am I going to tell my mom or my dad x y and z I do think you are better off bringing it up front yes so our next tip is give information on a need to know basis Mm. so what we mean here is in general and I have a few exceptions that we will go into but in general I think the less family members know about the wedding sort of the more freedom you have to do what you want and then on the day they'll either not notice or not care yeah I think this applies if you're doing anything remotely slightly left of tradition um so what you might think is not alternative at all someone else might so say you're having hoop bouquets instead of normal bouquets standing speeches yeah. like these things that we see in weddings all the time yeah and if you're in the space where you're getting married you've seen all the time you've probably been to weddings that have them mm. but your extended family might not and might think it's weird or untraditional or you know the wrong way to do things and you're just inviting their opinions into it if you tell them so often it's better to just leave it out and then again on the day they'll just go with it yeah yeah people tend to be your family will be so delighted on the day that everything's going well that they probably won't make a fuss about small details like oh you don't have a cake you had a cake table instead or these kind of things and the people who will make a big fuss on the day about what a terrible day it is there's nothing you can do about that hopefully they're not coming to your wedding you don't have family members like that but you can't appease them anyway no and any of the things I think of that did arrive, like did bring up questions about our wedding, mm. like no one ever mentioned. Now, maybe people were still frustrated by them, but no one mentioned it to me. Um, it's always small things. Like you have to have centerpieces. You can't just have, you know, a framed quote or something on the table. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, again, just because centerpieces have been around for a long time doesn't mean you have to have them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this one is definitely goes out to anyone who's doing anything mildly differently. Um, obviously you need to make sure that your guests have enough information to attend. You don't want to be so vague that they have anxiety about the day itself. Yeah. Like what time is the ceremony starting? Will we even get dinner? Like we've spoken a lot before about being great hosts. And part of that is letting putting everyone at ease. So we're not saying exclude all information, but just kind of keep it to things that are on need to know yeah the kind of things that you would be including let's say on the wedding invitation or the wedding website anyway so like the timeline of the day mm. when where it's on anything that you feel any information you feel like any normal guest who isn't even related to you would need to attend and enjoy the day definitely those things are fine we're talking about like all the fringe bits and the extras and the bonuses and the maybe surprise entertainment etc that you've got planned yeah and I know a lot of people worry about seeming precious about not giving over too much information um but again it's good to have a one-liner ready for this so things like oh yeah we haven't decided on that yet or Mm -hmm. oh we're going to keep that as a surprise is a handy way to not divulge too much information Yes. So the exceptions, I think, for this rule are, number one, if a family member is paying for a section of your wedding or Mm. all of your wedding, I kind of think it's unfair to exclude them from this stuff. Yeah, if your parents are paying for the meal and you're serving lamb and you know they don't like lamb, I think you have to tell them. It's a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it, to be honest? So I think if you are taking money for the wedding from people, and I don't mean like, let's say you're... Um, grandmother really wants to 
gift you a bracelet or something. I mean like a big chunk of the wedding of the yeah. hospitality costs. Um, I think that's maybe an area where like this isn't really a fair rule to apply. And there are also some people who really respond better to more information. And you, mm. you'll know yourself if they're in your family circle. Some people feel more comfortable and actually are easier to manage and deal with. Yeah. If you take the time to talk them through every little detail. So if you have someone in the family like that, just bear in mind it actually might make an easier life for you. Yeah. If you do kind of sit down with them and go, oh, okay, and like, here's the menu. Like, you might want to see it or whatever. Some people do react better when they're given loads of information. Yeah, I think that applies as well for people who think that you don't have everything at hand. A lot of... Again, it's it's a more modern because modern couples have a more laid back approach. Mm. Their weddings have a more laid back approach. Parents often feel like the whole wedding is just laid back and they haven't thought about the menu and they haven't thought about how they're going to get there and where the guests, how the guests are going to get home and all of that. So I think in those cases, it's good to show your preparation. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't need to go into so much detail. Yeah, for sure. So our next tip is to stand over your decisions. And this can be really hard. Yeah, but I think this is a really important one. If you're going to make decisions that might be controversial, you need to be able to back them up. Yeah, so if you're planning a destination wedding and you think, you know, four of your relatives are going to have a real problem with that, you have to really love the idea and be Mm -hmm. able to almost sell the idea to them or defend the idea, which is awful, but this is the reality we're dealing with (laughs) here. Yeah, I mean, we could like this whole episode could be summed up in a like who cares what people think move on but the thing is we all care what our families think and we all want everyone to be as excited about our weddings as we are so part of that is yeah having to be able to sell sell your ideas um so don't be swayed if family members take issue like stand by it have Mm. have conviction in your decisions um it's a good idea as well again we're we're big fans of the pre-prepared response yeah um, we're basically PR people we're <laughs> yes. your personal wedding PR team and we have prepared a statement for you yes <laughs> so yeah have something prepared for any rude comments that you think might come up again you'll have an idea because it's often the thing that you fear the most that people will say is yes. perhaps what they might say and um, particularly with people who are really close to you again this is never a, a like far removed guest because that doesn't matter to you it's the fact that you had a fear about what people would think of your wedding and your mum said the exact thing yeah. that you were frightened of yeah and mums are great at that my mom can reach into my brain <laughs> and find the thing that I'm worried about that I've buried deep deep down inside and pluck yeah. it out and be like have you thought about this and I'm like how did you know I've been obsessing about That's that I've thought quietly about. for weeks yeah, so I think like something like, oh, we're really excited about the ceremony if they're going to be like, oh, do you think that's a bit like, yeah. are people going to enjoy that? Will people be comfortable? Yeah. What about the chairs or whatever? Um, And then kind of say like, oh, I think you'll be really excited about it when you, when you experience it firsthand or something like that. Like, or say like, oh, my friend Jenny did it and it was the most amazing thing and everyone raved about it for the day. Something like that, that lets them see that you've seen it in a real world context and you know it's going to work. Yeah. And you can even call in suppliers or the venue coordinator or something as well and say, listen, the venue coordinator says they do this all the time and we can't wait. And if you 
do talk about it in a positive light yeah. then it's harder for people to crush your dreams not yes. impossible but harder <laughs> yeah and actually it's worth saying suppliers are really good for leaning on about these kind of things one like if in doubt just pretend it's their decision or out of your control yeah. but likewise if you're bringing your parents along say to a venue visit uh, the parents are getting a lot of ragging anyone <laughs> yeah. supplies to siblings and uncles whoever if you're bringing someone along to your venue visit you can always call your venue coordinator ahead of time and say look my mom's really funny about mm. the layout of the venue can you try and like sell it to her or show her photos of how it's worked before likewise a florist a dressmaker anything like that a lot of times your parents or whoever it is mightn't trust you because they don't see you as a wedding planner a wedding planner you're just like their daughter whereas if the planner is like oh we do this all the time it's it's very like a la mode right now then yeah. they might go with it yeah and that's another thing you can say as well is that like oh well we wanted x y and z and then um the florist told us like oh that won't work you know yeah. because often suppliers will tell you honestly i've done a million weddings and this isn't possible or it this is just not what I would recommend. So if you can use an anecdote with your family yeah. members and be like, oh, no, no, she's really on top of it. This supplier will tell us if something won't work and she is confident that this will go ahead and it'd be amazing. Yeah, I think for certain family members, it's worth investing time and getting them on board. Again, mm. if you know that you've just got like a difficult granny, it's like, yeah, waste of time. do the need to know basis thing. <laughs> yeah. But if it's your sister and you have to let her know when the speeches are going to be. Because she's giving one. Because she's giving one and she's nervous about it. Then you might have to, yeah, sell yeah. it to her a bit. And I think sometimes talking about the meaning behind mm. um, the element of the wedding can help. Like we talked about this a little bit when we talk about ceremonies. Like sometimes if you explain like, oh, we really wanted this unconventional song to play as I walk up the aisle because it was actually playing during our first date. And I know it might seem a bit weird. It's not like a classical you know, peace or whatever, but this means a lot to us. Yeah. Often relatives just need it framed for them. Yeah. Um, and again, it's putting a bit of a PR spin on things. Um, so we kind of brushed off this a moment ago, but prioritize the family members who are most important to you. Yeah. So there is a hierarchy, of course. And when we talk, as we will shortly, about things like compromising and when and where to make compromises, you really want to get clear who are the people in your life that you're related to and your partner as well who are worth giving a lot of energy to in terms yeah. of the wedding. And this will be different. Every family is different. But for most people, it will be the parents or the people who raised you, siblings, maybe grandparents. When you get into aunts, cousins, that kind of thing, chances are you're going to have a little bit less thread to give them. Yes. And I think it's worth taking a step back with in-laws a lot of times people's back goes up when their mother-in-law says something, but not necessarily when their own mum says mm. it. So it's worth being quite generous. And if you'll allow leniency in your family, make sure you do the same in your other halves, because that's another place where issues can arise. Across families. Yeah, because like the lead up to your wedding, it's too dramatic to say it sets the tone for your marriage, but it can... I've heard it like countless times where friction that arose in the wedding kept going then yeah. for years later and it is it's particularly if you're not particularly close to your in-laws this is a time to set a nice 
playing field and to get on and to be cooperative and to be flexible for them so it's worth keeping them in mind as well and not just your own family yeah I think for a lot of couples it's a safe thing to give the parents on both sides the top spot at the top of the hierarchy yeah and uh obviously if you know everyone is different but I think that's that's the way to start it. The people yeah. who have basically done the most to get you to the point where you're at today, where you're in a position to get married and throw a lovely wedding, yeah, are probably the most important as opposed to like that uncle you barely see his kid. Yeah, and that doesn't mean appeasing your mum or your dad on absolutely everything mm. because a lot of a lot of the family drama arises from parents. Yeah. Um and likewise a lot of the like you may have either a difficult parent or you may just like everything that you want to do just might not fall in line with their vision of the day um but again it's worth seeing where you can make compromises for that person if they will at all appreciate it if they're the kind of person you won't even see that you've made a compromise maybe you don't need to yeah but if it's good to show that you're trying at least to meet them halfway yeah which brings us on to our next point nicely which is pick your battles so yes. some couples will say they didn't compromise at all. Some will say um, they compromise too much. But whatever amount of compromise you're willing to do, think about, you have to prioritize those compromises mm. and think about the ones that will make a huge impact on your day and the ones that, you know, a year on from your wedding, you won't even remember Yeah, those details. So like one that we were quite picky on was not having a lot of friends of our parents there. Mm. And on the day, I really liked that I was so comfortable because it was everyone that I knew. Like there was no one there that I didn't know. Um, But then now, like five years or four years on, if there had been a couple of friends of parents there, that wouldn't have been the end of the world. So it is worth kind of weighing it up in your mind and kind of trying to look at the day itself how will you feel how will it flow any differently will it have the same vibe will it feel like a compromise on the day and then again go a year ahead five years ahead and see how you feel about it then yeah I've heard a lot of people say things like oh my single aunt wanted to bring a friend as a date and I didn't let her and like it wouldn't have actually made that much difference to me so in retrospect I should have just let her I've heard people say things like oh you know my dad had this request and like now five years on he minds my kids like three days a week and I wish I had just given him something you know when I had the chance to give him something and he's given me so much um but again it is about figuring out what's doable so like let's say adding a few more places to the guest list might be doable but inviting a family member that you despise and you can't stand to be in the same room with yeah that's not doable so it's about deciding how what what's what what's what you're comfortable with really yeah so again like there might be fundamentals like you are really not comfortable having a religious ceremony mm. but you're okay with maybe one of your parents leading a prayer at the dinner something yeah. like that um again that won't be one for everyone but just looking at different ways where you're not giving up on the fundamental look feel ethos of your wedding but you can make allowances that will make someone else feel included. Yeah, another good example is the menu. If you feel pressured to put like, you know, one or two crowd pleasers on there, Mm. that's not really going to affect your meal or your cool friends meals. It's just going to make the older, maybe more conservative guests feel comfortable. Yeah. But if someone in your family has a real problem with you planning out a big food truck or barbecue style thing that you've 
long dreamed about and you decide to compromise in that regard you're changing your whole the whole vibe of your wedding yeah. for them yeah so it's about yeah figuring out which compromises really are going to allow you to stay true to the kind of day you want at the end yeah i think it's important to do your bit but going beyond that is is a stretch <laughs> yeah i would say like doing your bit i would classify that as ensuring that your family members have everything they need to feel comfortable and enjoy the day mm. within reason um, and anything else is a bonus. So, yeah, like being able to dictate that there has to be beef on the menu. They don't really need that. Yeah, they, <laughs> to they'll be, be perfectly fine to eat chicken. They'll be fine with chicken. But let's say you had planned um, a menu that was just one dish and it was prawns. And they can't stand seafood or shellfish. Yeah. Then, you know, that's a different thing. They're not going to be comfortable with that setup. So ask yourself that question like will my mom dad sister whatever uncle will they be able to still have a nice day or will this thing ruin the day for them yeah and I think it's worth just keeping in mind as I mentioned before like is this family member taking advantage are they asking for too much are they demanding a lot and then if that's the case cut them off you can only make so many allowances for someone and then yeah it's time to there's a quota to these things yes. these compromises yeah and then this one is easier said than done but try not to be too sensitive about comments from family um amid the stress of planning it can be really hard to keep frustrations at bay but and the wedding is deeply personal particularly when you're right in the midst of it but just try not to take everything personally if someone says they don't like the color blue and you've picked blue everything it's not an attack on you it's not even attacking the colour blue, it's just their opinion. Yeah. Um and yeah, just try not to take it all to heart. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, I'm sure everyone listening has had comments that their family have made about their life choices that will stick in their mind forever as being like, Why did you have to say that? Yeah. But, you know, just be prepared that they might be coming and when they come, just try to laugh them off and try not to focus on them after the fact try not to do a big autopsy on the conversation you had at dinner with your partner afterwards when you're in the car because you're just going to probably upset yourself more yeah you just have to shake these things off again this one I think is quite significant when it comes to in-laws because again you don't want it as you said get into the car and start giving out (laughs) to your other half about their family yeah so it is important to just kind of shrug these things off take a breath yeah yeah and move on yes our next tip is one i'm very fond of embrace the little white lie yeah i am of the opinion that harmless lies are very useful when dealing with family members especially around weddings yes so just make sure that you're not telling this white lie to the kind of person who will do their homework and ring up the caterer or call the venue or yeah check with the boutique um so yeah you you know if you have one of those people in your life you do yeah they can backfire but really it's only with very um specific personalities shall we say who are gonna actually try who are really stubborn and will try to prove you wrong and will say well I marched straight up to the florist and asked her and she said the peonies were available (laughs) and that you just said you didn't want them you know we're we're talking about the more reasonable family members who just happen to be having a bit of a fret at the time white lies are great for those yeah um saying nothing at all is uh... I love this is my favorite tip for everything in life it's just 
keep just smile and nod <laughs> smile and nod go oh that's funny isn't it yeah, yeah. it's great because often not saying anything <laughs> is sort of a lie but it also isn't really you can't if, be incriminated about it if you can just smile and laugh and go like oh gas isn't it hilarious like you can get away with so much you can get out of awkward conversations if yeah. you just talk a bit of gibberish for five minutes yeah because then they'll feel awkward and they'll stop talking about it exactly and if they keep asking the same question over and over again and you keep saying like oh well wouldn't you like to know haha you know you can get away with so much we have some of our favorite white lies that might be helpful for you throughout the course of your wedding planning yes uh, one i think i used a lot was it wasn't that expensive it was actually under budget or it was only 500 quid for something that was probably too grand. Yeah, again, most people aren't going to actually be able to see into your bank account or your invoice with your supplier. So yeah. telling them it was cheaper than it was, not really that many repercussions coming from that. No, again, this applies to your family and not your partner. Honesty always oh, in budget yeah. planning. <laughs> We're talking about the family members who have not contributed financially to your wedding. Here. Yes. Um, I also love, oh, I don't know, like the wedding coordinator is looking after that or the wedding yes. planner or the florist or the baker or yeah. the band. As we said, if in doubt, blame your suppliers or your venue. Yeah, they'll be happy to take the fall. Yeah. Um, likewise, you can blame your other half if they're not there or a bridesmaid or a groom's member of the wedding party. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the best man's department. I don't know. You'd have to ask him when you know that they're not going to actually go and ask him. Yeah, exactly. Um, the venue isn't child friendly is one that we use a lot. Oh, I had to use the venue isn't pet friendly. <laughs> okay. It was the working fire. <laughs> Well, it wasn't legitimately wasn't yeah, pet no. friendly then. You yeah. can't be bringing a random, I assume, dog yeah. into a farm environment. No, no. So yeah. Also, the venue has limited capacity. That goes a long way. Yes, as long as they'll get there on the day, and it's not a fifty-person wedding in a two-hundred-person venue. But also, you can still play dumb after the fact and be like, "They told us their capacity was eighty. Yeah, they moved the room. Or yeah, like, I we don't were supposed to be in a different room. I, I, I was, I was so upset as well when I saw that there was enough room for that entire table for all of your cousins' kids. Yeah, that wasn't. You know, you can really get a lot of. You can really stretch these lines <laughs> yeah. out. You know, until after the day. Uh, similarly, the boutique only allows one guest if you have a lot of people who want to come along to watch you try dresses on. Yeah. And there's a few ones that are just handy all rounders like, oh, we're still thinking about that one. Uh, oh, I can't remember what we decided in the end, but it's all sorted now. And the classic, thanks for the advice. I'll think about it. Yes, I've used that one a lot in all of the facets of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's one to carry with you past the big day. Yes. Oh, oh great, thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. Thanks. I will I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, do send me the link. Mute them on WhatsApp. Yeah. Um and it's always good advice to accept what you can't change. Some people will just feed on the drama. Yeah, yeah. And we always say if you know someone in your circle is particularly difficult, you have to have a little word with yourself before the wedding and just accept that you can't control their behavior as upsetting as that might be on a day when you have controlled every detail yeah you can't stop your uncle you know over like abusing the bar or whatever yeah and it's funny because sometimes it's the people you can anticipate that are going to like really act up ahead of your wedding Mm. and other times it's someone that you're completely shocked by yeah like often you hear people who say like their mom was always so level-headed and then all of a sudden the wedding came up and they were just so invested in it and 
took everything personally. Yeah, or like the relationship dynamics change. Like it's always the dad and suddenly it's the mom or like yeah. your sister is usually really interfering and then suddenly her husband got really involved and you're yeah. like, where did that come out of? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's good to be prepared for the unexpected. Yes. Um, and then when a lot of the, in a lot of cases, it's communication issues. So do just remember that you can open up the channels with people but mm. and make a reasonable attempt to put their fears at ease. But again, you can only do so much. You can't work miracles. No. And if people do act badly on the day or in the run up to the day or they do end up stressing you out um, on the week of, all you can do is know that you've done your best. You've really yeah. tried to diffuse the drama. You've followed all of our tips as much as you could mm-hmm. and ditch the guilt. Like, don't feel like if someone in your family, you know, behaves badly on the day or has a meltdown the night before, it's not your fault. Yeah. No, definitely not. And of course, all of these tips are quite broad and general. Um, but so much of what we get asked is oddly specific. <laughs> yeah, we get asked questions that are, you know, 16 paragraphs long with details yeah. and background information on the relative in question, etc. Yeah, like if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know from our dilemmas that a lot of things get thrown up that are quite shocking like the uh, the one that always sticks out is the um bride who wrote in about her granny who was like causing (laughs) like putting people against each other in the family basically ringing around other family members (laughs) to bad mouth the wedding before it had happened yeah so again these tips will hopefully help in every situation um but we do have a few sample dilemmas and how to deal yeah um to go through that might hopefully help you pull some nuggets for your own situation yes so all of these we've definitely heard at least one real life uh, instance of it yeah so the first one is you've got a really difficult relationship with a close family member parent sibling grandparent and you're not sure whether to invite them to your wedding i think this must be the hardest one to have Mm. to deal with um a lot of people might have an estranged parent or a sibling they haven't talked to in a few years and a wedding can be a really nice time to bring a family together, but it's also not your obligation to use your wedding to do that. Yeah, I think it's really about putting yourself in the position of your wedding day and will you be comfortable? And, you know, you wouldn't spend like an enormous chunk of your life savings on a day that you knew you weren't going to enjoy. Yeah. So if that's what's at stake, I would say no. Yeah. Um, now there's always kind of get arounds like let's say if you have a really bad relationship with a parent but like it's been improving lately but you just cannot predict their behaviour so you're not comfortable having them on the day you could always try to arrange like a nice meal with them or mm-hmm. a nice day with them where you can maybe have a bit more of a controlled conditions where like if something goes awry you can get up and leave Yeah, I think like pre-wedding events, if you can do something six months out or something and have them along as a sort of a test run, yeah, that's a nice way to do it. If they haven't bothered to come to that, then maybe you won't want to invite them along on the day. I think it, yeah, it does depend because often those kind of relationships might improve around a wedding. So then, Mm. so then you feel like you can invite them. Uh, Again, this is another one of those things where like maybe look ahead in a year or two. And will you regret having not had them there? Um, But yeah, it's all about thinking of how you'll feel on the day and how comfortable you'll be and how stressed and worried you'll be ahead of it if it's going to ruin it for you, that you're going to be so nervous about them coming that you won't enjoy the lead up to it, then it's not worth it. And if this person has really seriously let you down in the past, 
then maybe, you know, your relationship doesn't have to dramatically suffer because you didn't invite them yeah. to your wedding. You yeah. know, it do, if someone really, really, really wants the relationship to work, then they should be willing to make the relationship work despite you not Regardless. inviting them to yeah. the wedding. So Absolutely. keep that in mind. Yeah. Another one that we get that's extremely common is that your parents don't get along. Or often it's a, if your parent wants to bring a new plus one, <laughs> is yes. another one that we get a lot. Um, and again, I think a lot of times people feel like, oh, well, my mum won't be comfortable if my dad's there. Mm. Um, and again, it's about thinking about how you'll feel. Obviously, it's really important that one parent is comfortable if they're the parent that you're closest to, perhaps. Um, but it also has to be a decision that you won't regret for yourself. Yeah, I think if you're having a bit of a larger wedding, this might be an easier one to deal with in that you can bring both parents and they can maybe bring their partners, but they might have in that scenario like a couple of people around them that they're really comfortable with that mm-hmm. they can kind of use to like diffuse any awkwardness on the day among yeah. themselves. It's probably much harder if you're having a really intimate wedding like that's, you know, 20 or 40 or 60 people yeah I can't imagine there's a great way to have two parents there that that don't get along that won't cause some kind of conflict yeah I think it unless it makes someone really really uncomfortable I'd still have them both there ideally give them each a table and a separate table mm. they can have their own relatives or friends or whoever they want at that table and they won't need to cross paths think about the structure of your day so that there's no moments where it's awkward for either of them and um, think about where they'll sit in the ceremony is another one that often doesn't get thought about um, yeah. and <clears throat> issues could arise um, and then I think have a like a candid chat with both your parents and say look it's really important to me that you're both here and that you both get on how can we make it better how can we make it work for you on the day so there's no issues it might be worth giving them a job as well so they have something yeah. to focus on so they're like by the time it gets to 9pm they're like well I haven't thought about Frank all day because I've been busy with this Yeah. or to assign um, someone in the wedding party the job of like making sure they're okay yeah. and maybe just making sure that they know oh you can sit here during the ceremony etc. Yeah. yeah definitely I just think it takes a bit more management. So one of the uh, other dilemmas we have that's very common is that a relative who will be in attendance at your wedding has a problem with alcohol or drug abuse. This is a really, really difficult one. And to be honest, I err on the side of if you feel like there's a large chance that they will do something that will really, really negatively affect the day for you and your guests to not invite them. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's a hard call to make. And obviously you want to be supportive of them in the road to their recovery. But if they're not in that position... A wedding maybe isn't the right environment for them to be in anyway. Yeah. Again, I think this is one where you can give people a bit more like, oh, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I think this is one where you can't, you shouldn't be afraid to talk to them specifically and explain that you don't know if they'll enjoy the day or you don't think that it's appropriate for them to come. And a lot of people will, depending on where they're at, Mm. in their situation they'll understand um and again like yeah I think it's worth kind of treating people like adults and having a conversation with them about it yeah it really depends on where they are I suppose and they're like if they're at the stage with their addiction where they're not able to really control themselves or they're not able to you know kind of 
be selfless for a day yeah then there's not a lot you can do for them yeah i think it's worth as well in these kind of very tricky situations getting support from other members of your family Mm. so having someone else in your family who knows the situation well to bounce ideas off because obviously we could give you advice but we don't know the ins and outs um so it's worth bouncing ideas off other people in your family not too many just one or two um and having their support in whatever decision you make yeah that's a good point um, our next dilemma is your family members are disappointed that you're not having a religious ceremony. Super common. Yeah. Again, we did say the earlier you can get in with this, probably the better, because otherwise you will dread seeing that family member every yeah. at every occasion for the next 18 months. Yeah. Again, it's one where if you explain that you've been to a wedding that's similar to the one you're going to have and how great it was and how... Like, even the auntie who was really religious absolutely loved it. Um, that might help. It's also worth telling your celebrant. When we had uh, Emer Dillon, who's a humanist celebrant, in the studio, she told us that she asks the couples if there's anyone who they're worried about and she makes sure that she includes them in, in like her opening remarks. Um, so, yeah, it's worth telling your celebrant as well so they can be aware that they need to kind of bring more reluctant guests along with them. Yeah, and you could even spread the word among like your close friends and wedding party and they could, you know, make a point of being really positive about it. So like if you're on the yeah. hen and you're chatting to and uh, your friends are chatting to your mom or your sister or whoever, they can be like, oh God, and she was, you know, telling me about the humanist ceremony and I was at one. It was so amazing. You know, yeah. you can kind of recruit pals yeah. to kind of big up your more alternative ceremony to yeah. these. And again, this is one of those cases where you just need to own your decision and be really confident that on the other side of it they'll totally get why you did it yeah so our next dilemma is actually another common one and I've never understood it personally but clearly I am just not dedicated enough to the world of weddings being my day um your sister is upset because you decided to get married in the same year as her and her partner you wouldn't believe how often it is so common this one and I always ask like do you think you get a year? You get a day. It's a day, maybe a weekend, maybe a week. But you I've don't get a year. I've heard of full fallings out. I've heard of two cousins who were best friends and no longer speak because their wedding was in the same summer. This is madness. Now, I will say sometimes there might be a logical reason behind it. Like, let's say if you have a family member who lives in Australia and you're getting married in Ireland. Yeah. Let's say there's three siblings. Two of you are getting married in Ireland, one in April, one in September and the poor sibling in Australia can't afford to or can't get the time off work to come home for both weddings or something. Sometimes yeah. the conflict, you know, there there's an understandable element to yeah. it. And it's worth having a conversation. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like similarly, there's the one where like you have your wedding before someone else who was engaged first. Like being engaged first doesn't so. mean that you get dibs on the first wedding date. Like whoever books it, books it, that's it. And when you when you book it, that's it. So like, yeah, I think this is one where people just need to... Get over themselves. Yeah, but you can't say that to your sister. That's not going to diffuse anything. <laughs> no, sometimes I feel like these issues... Send them to us. <laughs> Send them to us. We don't want them. Um, <laughs> sometimes I think these issues comes from the era when of like my parents when like you got engaged and you were at the altar like four weeks later. Yeah. And it's just not even that it's ever been like bad etiquette or that anyone has ever made a rule about 
this being unacceptable. It's just not what was done before. So I yeah. think if it's an older relative who comes from or like a culture or a time when weddings were done very differently, you can just kind of explain to them, you know, why well, weddings are very complicated these days and it's really hard to get a date on a Saturday in summer or whatever. Yeah. But if it's the person themselves who's getting married who has the issue with it, all you can do is say like, look, are we really going to argue about this? Yeah. Is this really worth falling out over? Again, the white lies might come in handy. Like this was the only date we could get in the venue. Um, We're thinking about starting a family next year. We're thinking about buying a house next year. Something yeah. like that that implies you need to kind of move on for whatever reason it's such a tricky one and my main piece of advice would be like don't feed it like don't don't promise that you're that like don't say to your sister well if it really upsets you we'll change the date like don't get stuck in that trap yeah and uh, don't like get annoyed back like just be like oh i i i didn't think you'd be annoyed about this it doesn't seem like something to be annoyed about yeah what what what's your concern like what can i do to to make things better yeah. as in like are you worried we'll have the same venue or the same band or that like you will pick or I won't be able to be your uh, maid of honour or you know like try and tease out yeah what the issue is and often you'll find that she doesn't really have a great yeah <laughs> she doesn't have great reasons it's just a general sort of um drama thing yeah like I've heard of like best friends who've gotten married a week apart and things like that like it totally oh, it happens, happens all the time it's really fine yeah and everyone will love both of your weddings and it's really not a thing to be stressed about yeah 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 so hopefully this um problem isn't one that persists for too long because i'm frankly shocked that we still get it in this day yes um and next common one is your brother or whoever is really looking forward to giving a speech but you're nervous about what they might say my like feeling on this and you know this Claire is to kind of let them do it and just like go with it yeah because I think in a lot of cases if you think okay he's gonna have like offbeat humor that's a bit rude or inappropriate or his speech is just gonna be like straight up bad I think that's not as big of a mood killer as you think it is no it's not a, as big of a deal in the scheme of a beautiful wedding day yeah, as you think. If he's the kind of person who's like a bit of a messer, you being nervous about it will only mm. like make it worse. Like it'll only spare on. <laughs> um, whereas I think like maybe just be like, okay, we're keeping the speeches to five minutes each or something like that is kind of the only thing you can do to curtail someone like that. Without yeah. saying they're not giving a speech at all, which could cause a whole other set of issues. Mm. And maybe ask one of the other speech givers to make a joke in their speech about like, oh, well, we all know we'll be here for 50 minutes with Connor. So I'll have to like wrestle the mic out of his hands or whatever. You know, like, yeah. you can ask another speech giver to kind of make a joke of the whole thing. Yeah. Or be aware of it or do like a funny bit where they come up and like fake take the mic away, which signals to him like, no, you're really being too long. Yeah. Um. yeah my general feeling on this is there are very few speeches that are so horrendous that they ruin a day or even the part of the day like I have sat through so many bad I'm not even going to use air quotes bad speeches <laughs> and they didn't ruin the day no. they were just a bit of a lull and you know as long as they were kept under 20 minutes which like most people luckily are not confident enough to speak for more than 20 minutes yeah 
uh, it's kind of a thing where like the next, you know, later in the evening, you might say like, well, the dad's speech was gas, wasn't it? But it's not going to yeah. be a huge regret for your whole life. Yeah. The only exception to this, I think, is if there's one thing that you're really, really sensitive about. Mm. And again, this would be like, I don't know, like you and your other half broke up for a while or something like that that you really really don't want brought up yeah or like you're in you were in couples counselling for like a serious issue like something that's just not okay to make light of Um, I think yeah it's worth maybe bringing that up but if it's just something you're a bit sensitive about as in like oh I don't want him to comment on like the fact that I don't know I like used to play with whatever toy when I was a kid. Yeah. Like there's no point because like that'll just inspire him to definitely bring that up. And if you're the kind of person who might give a speech yourself, you can use that as an opportunity to like take control of the situation and have prepared like a little gag about it Yeah, so that you can respond to them or preempt that and kind of say something like... um, Oh, I hope you're all ready for this speech. We're going to get like a big, long read through of my uh, primary school years or whatever. Yeah. Um, And you can kind of address it in your speech. Yeah. If you can, you can always get someone else in the family to be like, oh, let me proofread your speech. And then they can give you the heads up if there's going to be anything. Yeah. That you might want to address. Yeah. And you can just put a sick burn at the start of your speech. Yeah. Take that, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Connor, isn't it? Always. Poor Connors around the world. <laughs> So the next dilemma is your dad is being really negative about all of your plans. This is actually a common one where uh, a couple will come to us with this problem. They won't even really be specific. They'll just be like everything I'm saying, they're shooting down and nitpicking. Yeah. And I think this goes back to the maybe don't tell them anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the best approach. And if you've gone too far, like you've already given them loads of things, stop giving them information. Yeah. And again, you're just going to have to become like a tennis player and swat all of those comments away. Yeah. I mean, your tip earlier about giving someone a job is a handy one because then that's one thing they can't be negative about because it's their responsibility. Yeah. Um, so if they're in charge of, I don't know, putting ribbons on the cars, anything, yeah, um, it gives them something else to focus on so they won't be annoying you on the day. Maybe it might give them a bit of perspective if they, you know, are the kind of person who will walk around a wedding reception venue going like, oh, I wouldn't have picked those flowers or, oh, that cake looks wrecked or whatever. If they have put loads of effort into something, they might suddenly yeah. get a eureka moment of... Hmm. It wasn't nice when someone said that I'd done a crummy job of that. Yeah, all of these things actually take individually a lot of effort, planning and thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Another one that is frighteningly common is your mum is fretting about every little detail of the wedding. Yeah, this this happens quite a lot where one family member just seems to be just really anxious. Really, it's not even that they're trying to be negative. No. They just are genuinely letting small tiny details mount up yeah and this is often done with the absolute best of intentions so i think if you're aware of that it might make it slightly easier even though it's still a very frustrating thing to deal with yeah yeah so this is really a personality thing do you for some personalities it makes more sense to give them more information and for others keeping information back will help yeah definitely I think um doing things like having the timeline of the day is really helpful for those people um again showing that you've already thought of things ahead of their worries Mm. um is really helpful um I did a week of the wedding timeline I've talked about before and gave it to all of our family of where we would be every day before the wedding because we were living abroad um 
and then like the plan basically minute by minute of the morning and that definitely helped anyone in our family who was a bit anxious about had we thought about things had we considered when they saw how organized we were about the whole week they realized oh there's nothing they haven't thought about yeah that's a good idea actually to even give them like a prop that proves you're organized people that maybe doesn't even give them information about the wedding or that like doesn't give them information that will feed their fretting yeah but to just even like when they're at your house be like check out my spreadsheet and do a big scroll and be like just to give them the message that we're very organized we've got it like we're on top of this yeah you don't need to worry about this yeah I also find with this kind of issue it does help me if I kind of brainstorm some of the things I think the family member will say that will put me off kilter and have responses ready and I probably won't need the responses they probably won't fret about the exact things that I've worried they'll fret about Mm. but it just helps me feel prepared for any conversations if I'm like oh yeah the trains are running that day or whatever it is (laughs) yeah yeah um, the next one is your uncle is upset that all seven of his children and their partners and kids aren't invited. I encountered this one. and I don't know. Does the I uncle... mean, I didn't even get involved with it. Yeah, does the like, uncle really have be upset. that much? Are you going to really <laughs> give an uncle that much time? It depends on how close you are yeah. to him and his position in the family and whether you're very close or whether you never see them. But it's the kind of thing where I feel like they're not tend not to be at the top of the family hierarchy yeah like let that person moan about you and you don't ever need to know about it and again if it's the kind of thing like say your mum is feeding it back to you and you're getting irritated by it nugget of advice that we give a lot is to kind of use other people that aren't being invited as examples so all these other people didn't make the cut and that's why your kids aren't coming um so that it it makes people feel a bit better so like you know if three cousins aren't going on one side well ten cousins aren't going on the other side um and that might help yeah uh the next dilemma your aunt insists on doing the flowers for your wedding but you'd rather hire a professional this one gets my goat yeah so someone really really wants to be involved and you're just not happy for them to be and yeah. they, they don't have your same style or you'd just rather hand it off to a professional which is very understandable seeing as that's all we harp on about all day long is how you yeah. should hire professionals um i think it's worth saying you want something kind of ambitious because <laughs> that might help yeah uh, and i don't want to be stressing you out yeah is a good way to put it um it's already booked uh yeah it's already paid for is a helpful one yeah so if they're like if they say it really early on and you can be like oh well actually my mother-in-law's best friends with the flowers and so we've already booked her yeah <laughs> something like that where it's again a little bit of the white lies um but yeah kind of again nip it in the bud as quickly as possible yeah and depending on what it is you might be able to do a compromise here where you mm. say like do you know what um we've booked everything but i actually forgot about the flower girls bouquet so maybe you could do that uh that would be amazing and then give that and or whoever it is like a shout out in the speech or whatever to make her feel special so she feels like you wanted her to be involved but like it was just too big of a job for her rather than you know uh, I think your taste is terrible or you know you're incapable of this thing yeah definitely like things that won't be photographed can be handy so like say the bouquets for the mams 
Like, yeah. you could do something like that. Um, if you they offer to bake a cake and you don't want it to be the wedding cake, you can ask them to make cupcakes. Yeah. Or to prep something for the morning or the night before, the day two, something like that. Yeah. Um, Decor is really hard to do because if you give someone any permission at all, they might go into your venue and hang a bunch of like purple chiffon or something yes. without your approval yeah so that's a hard that's one i'd say be very careful giving them any kind of job there unless it's like will you put out the place cards that are yeah. in this box this can be really hard if it's the person's profession um we had yeah. a dilemma once where uh, someone wrote in about their uncle who was a professional photographer and again i think it's just worth saying we don't want you working on the day yeah um, and we've already got someone in mind. Yeah, yeah, we've booked it already because you know what? We just want to just be able to relax and have a good day. And if you really want, bring your camera by all means, but you're off the clock. Yeah. Again, blaming your partner is a handy one in this as well. Like, oh, they like yeah. really like this guy on Instagram for years, so we had to book them. Oh, he's already booked it, Saz. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously get them in on your... Yeah, oh, isn't isn't lies. he the worst? Booking things without, <laughs> again, a white lie. But yeah. if it just ends a conversation right there, it's yeah. worth it. And your no partner one... will hopefully not mind. No, no one's going to believe a word out of us after this. Episode. I know, everyone's like, you're just lying constantly all the time. There's probably like two white lies that you need for your wedding. Yeah. But we're just giving you all of the all options. All of them in one go. Yeah. Uh, your single cousin has asked to bring a date... Um, this is one where I would think about your cousin's experience of the day. As in, are all their siblings and all their cousins going to be there? Then they don't need a date. Yeah, if they're absolutely. the only cousin you've asked, then yeah, maybe give them one. Yeah, I think it's important to um, allow a date for someone. Let's say if it's a colleague who now lives abroad and she doesn't know anyone else at the wedding, for example. Yeah. Stuff like that, I think it's it's important. But yeah, as you say, if the person has loads of people they know at the wedding, I don't think it's ever inappropriate to just invite one person. As long as yeah. you're clear about it and there's no misunderstanding, I think that's yeah. perfectly okay. And again, yeah, just say it to them, like give them like treat them like an adult and say that's yeah. why the same if you want to invite like three colleagues from work or whatever who you're really good pals with in work but you know you don't you've only known them for two years or something yeah you don't know their partners yeah yeah, yeah I think that's completely fair you haven't invited some relatives whose wedding you attended you attending a wedding does not sign you up to be obliged to have those people at your wedding. No, I think that's a very modern rule that applies these days. And yeah. again, it might be older people or more traditionally minded people who think about tit for tat in terms of guest list. I think that's just one to be really strict on and just say, well, listen, this is the situation with the guest list this is a capacity again the venue have specified this capacity so we don't yeah. have room just because your cousin invited all their cousins doesn't mean you have to do the same and you can always kind of say listen their wedding was a very different vibe you'll see on the day our wedding is much more intimate and it's more about like spending time with close family members than being a big huge hoolie yeah and again we've mentioned this before in the guest list episode but uh, the afters is a handy one for that mm. as well if you're having them i think everyone in every country should adopt the afters yeah. as a thing at a wedding where you just invite people for drinks at like nine ten o'clock yeah, for the dancing it saves so much hassle over the guest yeah, list. yeah and it's really handy for family politics it is the next one is two feuding relatives are both refusing to attend the wedding if the other one is present. Sadly, we get this one a lot too. Yeah, I think the only thing to do here is to 
be pretty diplomatic and say the same thing to both of them, which is, listen, I really want you both there. It's re- really saddens me that you feel like you can't uh, attend with them present. Is there anything I can do to make you feel more comfortable about them attending? Start yeah. the conversation there. Yeah, and say as well, if they're both being funny about whether or not they're going to come, you can be honest with both of them and say, I don't know if the other one's coming. Yeah. Um. And I think you being the bigger person will make them feel like small people. Yeah. And hopefully they'll grow up and be reasonable. Um, that's all you can do. Again, it's not for you to be stitching up. No. Um, Age old conflict. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I think I understand that for some people it's really upsetting if their aunt or their granny or someone doesn't want to be there. But yeah, it's not for you to have to yeah. patch up. Um, the one where this can be tricky is if a parent doesn't want to say an aunt there. Um, and then I think you kind of have to decide what your parents. You have to situations. call in the hierarchy. Yes. Yeah. I think it's worth remembering uh, in this, in the case of this dilemma, that you have invited the person and it's them that's choosing not to attend. Yeah. So you've done your best. And if you've had a chat with them to say, listen, is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? Do you want to see the table plan? You'll be on the other side of the room to them. Do you want to know when things are timed so you can arrive a little bit later? Or is there anything I can do to help? If you've done that, you've done all you can do. And then you just have to go, well, whatever she or he decides now is it. I can't influence it any further. Yeah, that's it. And the next one is your wedding is a little bit alternative and your family members aren't getting on board. So again, I love um, recruiting your pals, especially at like stag do's and hen nights to like yeah. make a big fuss over how great it's going to be and how they've seen the thing already or they've been at a wedding that happened exactly like that wedding and yeah. it was amazing. Uh, visual aids are very helpful here. So showing mm. your family real weddings where these things have happened. Uh, a lot of times it's that someone can't picture it. Yeah. Um, say things like long tables, which are now extremely common. But I know we had issues where family members were like are you not just going to have round tables um but showing photos of like here's like a hundred people who did long tables um was really helpful um so yeah in any of those cases i think it's helpful to go to real weddings like those on our site or pinterest or instagram yeah definitely i think showing them an example is a great tip yep the Uh, next one oh the final one is your family members don't seem all that interested in your wedding yeah and this one comes up a lot and I think it's often for a lot of different reasons but it's generally like that person's stuff and nothing to do with your wedding yeah and often it comes up as well when your wedding isn't happening for ages yeah and uh it's definitely the most important and time and energy sapping thing in your life right now but to them they're like sure I don't have to think about it or what I'm going to wear or what time I'm going to go or where I'm going to stay for 18 more months yeah um so try not to take it too personally if you have a long lead time and that's happening yeah definitely and then there's also the school of parents and siblings who don't want to pressure you at all and don't want to feel like they're interfering so they'll almost act aloof to counterbalance that which admittedly that can be more annoying than someone who you're like I know she interferes and I'm so used to her interfering that it's part of my life now yeah someone really trying to like give you too much space can actually be more frustrating yeah so I think it's worth taking a step back seeing why they're being that way and maybe if it's still like say it's close to the wedding and they still don't seem too bothered to find ways to include them 
I yeah. get them excited. Open up the channels, uh, kind of start chatting uh, about an element of the wedding that you're excited yeah. about. See how they respond. See if there's any element of the day that they're interested in. Because, you know, we do hear sometimes like, oh, my dad isn't interested in anything. But like if you start talking about the band, maybe yeah. he suddenly lights up and he's like, oh, God, yeah, that's amazing that you're having a brass section. Like, I, I love that kind of music or whatever. If yeah. you can find an area that... Again, you shouldn't have to like manage their interest, but if you can find an area you know they're interested in, mm. that will help. Again, visual aids, showing them your mood board for your wedding or going on the band's website and showing some videos, things like that, that just help them like feel the day a bit more and get excited about it will help. Definitely. That's it. So we've reached the end of our dilemmas. I hope they've been helpful. Yeah, we've um, solved all diplomacy <laughs> families around the world. I definitely think we need to start up a wedding PR agency. Yeah. Or just even... we call Little White Lies. <laughs> it be called A Thousand Little White Lies to use in your wedding. We should just do a post on that, yeah. to be honest. It would be very time-consuming, but hugely helpful. It's not child-friendly. <laughs> so we hope that that's been useful, and we hope that your wedding is family drama-free. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Here at the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, we love nothing more than helping you find your way out of baffling wedding-related issues, be they guest list problems or budget woes. Selena, you've chosen this week's dilemma, am I right? You are. So this reader has written in and said, My bridal party consists of my two sisters, my groom's sister, and two of my best friends, so five ladies in total. We all live in different cities, so I don't regularly see them all together, just one-on-one. They're all lovely and dear to me, but we have very different personalities, hobbies, life situations, etc. I'm a bit nervous for our bachelorette weekend, so I'm guessing this person is in the States, um, as I know that some girls aren't overly fond of each other. My thought was to go rent a cottage in the country for a weekend and tour some vineyards together. How do I get all the girls to get along with each other and have a good time? I'm nervous that it will be very awkward or that things may get catty. The wine may help, but it also may not. I'm hoping to avoid a bridesmaid's cookie situation. P.S. Loved your episode on uh, the movies. <laughs> I love this person, not just because she paid me a compliment, yeah. but because she's clearly given this a lot of thought. Yeah. Also, another movie came to mind, you know, Wine Country, that also yeah. had Mama Rudolph in it and Amy Poehler and... I think this sounds like such a good idea for a bachelorette weekend. I think she should definitely go with it. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm questioning why is she planning her own hen party? Yeah. But, um, you know, if it makes her feel more comfortable, absolutely go for it. Yeah. Again, I don't know if it's like a cultural thing, but I feel like in Ireland when people have a few wines in them is when they suddenly go, ah, she is the greatest person I've ever met. Yeah. I think if she has one person who she can confide in, so say maybe like one of her sisters or one of her best friends, who she can say, look, I'm a bit nervous about you all getting together. Like, I really want everyone to get along. And then she's planted the seed and she doesn't need to worry about it anymore. And then it's up to them to make sure that they do get along. And they'll come up with ideas and maybe games or icebreakers or something like that. Um, But yeah, it definitely shouldn't be for you to worry about. No, and I think you, like, your bachelorette weekend is your weekend and everyone will get that and they will try to suppress whatever issues that come up. Yeah. Um, Because they love you. And just think about it in those terms that, you know, the movie Bridesmaids is a Hollywood movie and the terrible things you're imagining in your head probably aren't going to happen. 
I do like your tip though, Claire, about having someone on kind of high alert who yeah. won't mind. Like I, uh, I'm always up for being the narc <laughs> of anything. There's definitely one of the girls in your group who will be happy to do the same thing. Yeah, and who will offer to diffuse or distract when necessary. Yeah definitely but yeah please don't worry it'll definitely be fun and i honestly think they'll all tell the line and get involved i think wine is a great call yeah i want to go on this one (laughs) (laughs) we can't keep inviting ourselves we're inviting ourselves to weddings and now to bachelorette weekends hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. We are gathered here in the sight of God and his casino to join Homer and Marge in holy matrimony. Beautiful. Next! Now step away from the spreadsheets. We've reached the part of the show where we invite you to press pause in your wedding planning and treat yourself to a well-earned break. Claire, you've chosen an activity to recommend to our listeners this week. What have you got? Yes. So my recommendation this week is Laura DeBarra's book, Gaff Goddess. And um, I've been glued to it since I got it. It came out a few weeks ago and it was bestseller for the first few weeks it came out. And it's basically a book all about DIY. Now it's aimed for at women, but I think every household should own it, whether it's filled with males or females or mixed gendered. I'm well aware of this book because you bought a copy and gave it to me. Yes, I will be buying it for everyone who's a homeowner or a renter. Such is your passion for this book. And um. Uh, I you gave it to me yesterday, so I haven't read it yet. But I opened oh, no, the, the sorry, I didn't do my homework. The first page I opened up was an amazing illustration of the I don't even know what you call it, fuse like box. the fuse box, yeah. in your house and what everything is. And I went, oh my god, I've been waiting for that illustration yeah. my whole life. I'd never know what ninety percent of those are. Yeah, and I just love the tone she's used to write it. So it's really like kind of sassy and fun. But it doesn't talk down. It's not patronising to women. But it's written for women. So it's in a very clear, concise way. I actually think she delivers DIY advice in the way that we like to think we deliver wedding advice. Yeah. Whereas it's very much just real talk. So I think if you like how we've talked about all the stuff to do at weddings, I think mm. you'll really enjoy it. Um, And I just love that she goes through absolutely everything from like handy checklists of if you're renting and you move into a new place. Mm. Um talking to your landlord about different things, working out what you can do yourself and what you need a professional for. Uh, she goes through cleaning, DIY, yeah. toolkits. Uh, it's just so in-depth. It's a real, like, 
absolutely everything you need manual which I really like I like when you have one book that covers absolutely everything like a reference book yeah I'm yeah. living for the chapter where she talks about how to use your like washing machine and fridge yes. how to efficiently use them because again I just was leafing through those chapters yesterday and I was like oh my god I've gotten everything arseways like yeah. this exact thing that I've been doing that I thought was really like unenvironmentally friendly is exactly how she recommends to do it Yeah, and she is an expert like this is a big part of her job yeah. is looking after managing properties so you're in safe hands yeah it's a really empowering read which I absolutely love and it would make you feel so much more confident in talking to a tradesperson but also in doing certain things yourself Um, and a lot of it are those kind of old-fashioned things that maybe people used to be taught but they're not anymore so like say the uh, washing instructions on your clothes or how to use a drill like I just assume oh guys know how to use a drill but like no one's ever taught them and there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to use a drill so yeah it's just a very empowering read so whether you rent or own I would definitely encourage everyone to buy it The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast If you enjoyed today's episode we're hoping that you'll do us a solid and review the podcast on iTunes It's really easy it takes two minutes maybe even less and it really helps other couples and your fellow wedding lovers find the show There's just one more episode left of the podcast until Selena and I sign off from maternity leave but don't worry onefabday.com isn't going anywhere there's lots of incredibly helpful content already on the site and the editorial team will be continuing to upload new planning style and inspiration features every single day in our absence so don't forget to pay us a visit the one fab day wedding podcast